You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow. Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if you told it. Hello? Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. What is up? What is happening? This is the movie show. On Active FM. Yes, and I'm Sesh. And you know my name? No, you don't. It's Ryan. <laughs> it's Ryan. Mm-hmm. And today we are looking at the upside of things. Very upside? Yes. Good movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not called The Upside of Things. So the film that we are reviewing is a film called The Upside, which was made in 2017. 2017. Yes. I actually only watched it in 20, I think it was 2020. Uh, that's when I watched it. Oh, it might have been earlier this year. It was one. Oh, no, wait. It wow. was earlier this year. It was earlier this okay, year. Because I was going to say, I watched it now. You watched it a while ago. Do you remember this film? I do remember uh, it. Okay. <laughs> right, cool. It was a good film. It was. I think we came across it uh, by accident. We were, we were looking for a good movie on um, Prime. Prime Video. Prime Video, yes. And we came across this movie and we're like, hmm, this looks good. And I'm sure I remember Sashi talking about this film. And then we watched it and then we left smiling. Went yeah. to bed. Felt good. And then... Yeah. The one thing I like about this film is it's a drama. It's definitely a drama, but... There's other dramas like like the one Me Before You where I've never watched it, but I think the guy commits suicide in the end or something like that because he's also paralyzed and in a wheelchair. But yeah, I've heard that in that one, he literally like kills himself. Because you know, in I think it's Sweden or one of the countries, you can, you can anesthetize yourself basically. So you, you know when you're like, okay, I, you know how that you put your dog down they they do that to people. I'm done. I want to die now. Yeah. So literally, it's like medical suicide. That's like a fancy term for it. But yeah. But what what, what was nice with this one is it didn't have that, that horrible ending. And what's even cooler is this is a true story. It's based on a true story. And it wasn't fictionalized so that it could have a nice ending. It's actually, it's true to the story. So it's not like, oh, yeah, he died. But... For the movie. At least they had a good friendship. <laughs> no, at the yeah. end they actually say uh, they're still friends. Mm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'd the... like to just comment on the character played by Philip. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy, I looked at him and I'm like, I don't know if I know him, but I think I know him. You know where else he's from? I have looked at his films. Apparently this guy is a very good actor. He, yes. He is, and he's in a quite a. He's in. He was in Saving Private Ryan. Did you know that? I didn't even know that. He was in Godzilla 2014. He was in Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> he was in How I Met Your Mother 2005. Argo 2012. So, and that's just like some of the films that he's been in. One of the films that I think I recognized him from was Malcolm in the Middle. He's this comical dad. And he's nothing like, obviously he's a lot younger. But, but he's nothing. He's almost nothing like in the film. Although what I will say is that something that that I enjoy about this film um, with, with him in it is like, there's this, he's strict. There's this like that business 
you know, character to him. Mm. But at, at the same time, there's parts of him where, where he's, he's got that bit of a comical. Now, if you've seen scenes from him as the daddy, Malcolm in the Middle, you'd be like, oh, oh, okay. Like the stuff he says, and the, <laughs> it's, it's actually quite hilarious. Like in this film, there's often we seem like sort of, he has this like sarcastic, like he rolls his eyes up type of thing and says things or, you know, it, 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 it really, it, you actually like the character. No, you do. You like him a lot. Yeah. I'm actually interested. I've never seen Malcolm in the Middle, but I'd be interested to go and watch it just to see how he is in that one. Because obviously yeah. he's, he's, there's a, quite a big contrast between the two films and... If you search for for Adi's name or Malcolm in the Middle, there's the one the one scene that, that I watched. Now, obviously, Malcolm in the Middle is it's these these family, mother, father, and I, I think there's three sons, three or four sons. I can't remember. But in this part that I saw, it shows parts where where they they covered for each other. So, for example, something happened. The dad comes running into the room with the boys, and he's like, "Guys, oh no, I'm dead." I'm no. Dead. <laughs> and then and then it's like, "You cover for me," and he's like, "What? No." And it's like, "Dude." At least you, they'll just ground you with me. I'm dead. I'm the husband. <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine. And then he like picks his son up. He's like, I got him. And then runs outside of the Oh, wow. You know, so it's like stuff like that. But but then um, like uh, Kevin Hart, on the other hand, you know that, did you notice that in this film, how they they kept his makeup, uh, he, he, had, he looked a bit shiny, almost like dirty. Mm-hmm. Even his hairstyle and stuff yeah. like that, which for me was really good. Yeah. There was just so much about this film. I was like, ah. For me, Kevin Hart, I enjoy him. He, he's he got more of like a, a, obviously he's a comedian. So there's always that comical role, role to him. But I honestly think he's a better actor, for example, than someone like Dwayne Johnson. Like you yeah. get the wrestlers who are just the wrestlers in the movie. Yeah. There. But then you like sometimes, and I'm not saying it's with every comedian, but definitely with Kevin Hart, he, he actually can act. So in this film, he's funny. He is funny at times, but he's not trying to be the comedian. That's not the point no. of the film. At times, you feel quite heart sore for him. Then you feel irritated because he's, you're like, why is he being stupid or whatever? It's but serious. Yeah, no, he's very, he, he, I think he did a very, very good job in this film. The director, now this is where it gets interesting. The director of this film is Neil Berger, who yeah. we've spoken about before because he's done movies like Voyages. So he directed Voyages. He did Limitless. Limitless, not Limitless. He did Divergent, Insurgent, and yeah. Allegiant. And then he did The Upside. And honestly, it's like all of his films are like completely different. Like you almost they can't are, pinpoint him as the director just because you're like, but this was nothing like that movie or this was nothing like honestly though i think this is one of my favorite films from him really yeah, yeah i definitely so, would so, say so even with the, the whole divergent series and that the only the 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 first film divergent i enjoyed that one was good insurgent and allegiant i don't know what happened with those two movies but uh yeah i even watched it recently and i was just like yeah you no. tried to like it again uh, no i realized how bad it was like i think i liked it more when it first came out, I was like, oh, no, it's not that bad. What are they talking? Now I watched it, I was like, yeah, no, it sucks. So, yeah. but the first film was good. Divergent was good, but they just lost the plot after that. So, and then Voyages was good, but this, this film definitely, for me, it's my, his, so far, it's my favorite film of his. Limitless, I feel like I've watched it, but I don't know if I've watched the full film because, you know, when we, okay, we don't have 
cable television anymore. But when we used to have it, you know how you'd like flick through the channels and then you'd catch a film, but you'd catch it like halfway through, but then you'd watch it. So I feel like that's what happened with Limitless. So I haven't watched like, I wouldn't mind actually going and watching it because it's got Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro. I mean, it's got a good cast and it's probably a good film, but yeah, I think the upside takes it for now. I think I might be interested in Limitless. Yeah. I think it it might be a coming soon to the movie show. That now specifically the cast of this film. So obviously you have Kevin Hart who plays. So in the movie there's I would say two main characters because it is it's it's telling the story of these two guys who had very different circumstances. Literally the one came from wealth, the other one was completely poor, and yet the two of them become friends. So he Kevin Hart plays Dull, and then Brian um, Cranston plays Philip who he actually is paralyzed the whole film. He's completely paralyzed. And then you have Nicole Kidman, who I thoroughly enjoyed. She, I thought she was, she was very good. And the funny thing is, do you know that this movie came out at the same time that Aquaman came out, which she was also in? In fact, her two films, as a result, um, they landed first and second place at the box office in the same weekend. That was in 2018. But... She's so different in this compared to Aquaman. Like in Aquaman, she still looks young and, you know, thinking that the two films were probably filmed like right after each other. The two roles that she had to play were very, very different. And uh, actually, I think I, she's a good actress. Nicole Kidman, you can't complain about Nicole Kidman's acting. Honestly, she's, she's just a good actress all around. Well, she's been around for centuries. Yeah, well, not 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 exactly centuries. Okay, decades. Because <laughs> then it would be slightly weird. Like, oh yeah, she's been acting since 200 years ago. <laughs> what? She was there when film first was first used. <laughs> she was with Charlie Chapman. Right? Yeah, no, that's crazy. The budget for the film is 37.5 million US dollars and the box office was 125.9 million. Yeah, they did well, eh? They really did well, yeah. They this really was did well. This obviously a film before lockdown. Yeah. When we went and watched them in the cinemas, you mm. know, those good old days, you know, popcorn. Some of us still go to cinemas, but... Um... <laughs> but now, do you know that this film was actually a remake of... Yeah. There were two other films. So the first film was in 2011, a French... It was a French film called Untouchable. And in Germany and the Netherlands, it was the most successful French film in history. Literally, it did... In Germany and in the wow. Netherlands, it's the most successful French film in history. Also, the same the same story has been filmed as the Argentinian film Inseparables, which was 2016, and then they remade it for well, they remade kind of the American version. This is kind of yeah, like the American so. version of the story. Yeah. So, um, also. Consider that they did consider the four following people for the role of Dal Scott, but I'm actually really glad it went to Kevin Hart. Chris Tucker, he is a good actor. Jamie Foxx, also a brilliant actor. Chris Rock and Idris Elba, they all would have done well. It's not like one of them would have done the role badly, but I just think Kevin Hart was the right pick for the role. I think he was. Yeah, definitely. He was definitely the. Yeah. And then also, Colin Firth was attached to the lead role. He also could have pulled it off. He's a brilliant actor, but I'm I'm glad I'm glad they I'm glad they went with the cast that they did because I feel like it was it was a perfect cast. They didn't, yeah. It it would have been an interesting 
version. If Colin Firth had done it, he would have been able to pull it off, definitely. I mean, he is good. We saw him in The King where he was stuttering and stammering all over the place. So, But I think I'm, I'm, I'm glad they didn't go with him. I think there's... there's Because obviously, um, the main character, he, he came across as... So, in the beginning of the film, you can see he's quite... Um, you know, he's not depressed. He was just like, ugh, you know. I think and he then, was depressed. I think I'd be depressed if I was yeah. in that. I think everyone would be depressed. You could only, like this he, could o- he could only move his neck, right? Yeah. There was nothing else he could move. Yeah. So he's just doing nothing. Everything's got to be perfect and everything. Yeah. And then, of course, and then he hired on Dell. And I think it's because he saw that different side of it. And the way that the film brought across all the other um, applicants that were trying to fill in the job. Yeah. And the way that they brought it across is, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, the one guy's like, let your limits be my uh, end and begin at what I can do, you know, <laughs> and it's all like, you're mm, like, mm, no, thanks. I'm good. You know, so, yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good choice. And uh, especially what I enjoyed the most is that uh, you get to like Kevin Hart's Carol Dell, not from the beginning. Mm. Because even in the beginning, you're like, wow. No, he's a, a jerk. jerk. He actually is a jerk. He's a complete jerk. And then as it goes along, you're like, okay, wait. <laughs> okay. And, and you actually get to like him. Yeah. And also, uh, I don't like um, stories that you can you can tell the ending already. Predictable. For me, this movie wasn't predictable. No, it wasn't. Even though it's a very uh, a family film. Because mm. I, I, I expected Dal to just... Oh, by the wayside. Yeah. There is back to your drug dealers again doing mm-hmm. the stuff in the street. Especially ah. with the, the first scene. The way they did... I'm not going to do any spoilers, but the way when the movie starts, they sh- so it's one of those where they'll, they'll... You know, they drop you in the in the middle of the story and they'll show you a scene and then they'll go five years earlier or whatever. So they do that. They like drop you right in the middle of the story and you're like... You're actually quite traumatized Like by the time that... After you watch that first scene, you're like, okay, what is happening? And then you then meet, you, you find out who Dal is, wh- why. He's an ex-con. Well, he was actually just gotten out of prison. He had served two years in prison. He needed a job. The government was obviously watching him. So he then finds himself in the situation. But then later on, they go back to that scene. Obviously, now you're watching it in context with the story. And that was brilliant. That whole, that, that whole sequence. Because, okay. The scene is basically he's driving really fast and you're thinking this guy's dying. Like, honestly, that's the perception I got. Like, he's rushing him to hospital and he's, 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 he's dead. He's finished. Like, this is going to be a very sad ending. Get the tissues ready type of thing. But then it, it didn't. Like, that wasn't the pinnacle. That was just, like, one moment in the story. So I really enjoyed how they, how they brought that across. Now, the main character of the film, or one of the main characters, is Philip who has been, so he is paralyzed, and he's been in a chair. Now, in 2019, they said he'd been in the chair for 25 years. So that was 2019, which means now he's probably looking at 27 years. That is crazy. Imagine living 27 years where the only thing you can move is your neck. Like, that is it. Like, that is crazy. The fact that he didn't commit suicide is actually... Well, how does he commit suicide? He did try, didn't he, at one point? 
In fact, no, he did. In fact, the actual Philip tried to commit suicide. I think he tried to wrap the oxygen um, pipe around his neck. And then uh, I think he jerked backwards to try and strangle him. So obviously, it would be sure. very difficult to, uh, to uh, do. Yeah. But he lives in Morocco now. And the reason he broke his neck, so he wasn't born like that. He went paragliding and had an accident. And that is how he ended up paralyzed so the upside is a true story and it reveals the real life paragliding accident which happened um on mount Bassane in the swiss alps in 1993 when philip was 42 years old he had been distracted by thoughts of workers he had laid off and hadn't been paying enough attention to what he was doing as a result he crashed and he remained in the hospital for two years before he was able to go home two years that is crazy. And at the same time, his wife was dying of cancer. Now, this is, there is a difference here. In the film, his wife had died already. In real life, she, I think Dal actually met the wife and she died. She did die, but she, it wasn't like how they portrayed it in the film that she'd already died. And, you know, this was him after his wife. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Right? Okay. And he, so in the film, he's portrayed, he is a wealthy businessman. Obviously, though, he's portrayed as an American. Oh, that I actually wanted to say the only thing that would have been interesting with Colin Firth is him doing an American accent. That would have been interesting to see because I don't think they would have kept his British accent. I'm pretty sure they would have made him do an yeah. American one. That would have been interesting. But anyway, so Philip is actually a wealthy French um, aristocrat. He is the second son of French Duke Pozzo di Bargo and his wife. That and <laughs> he was born into a life of privilege and abundant wealth, growing up in castles and manors. This contradicts the movie in which the character states that his father gave him nothing and he earned every penny. So that there is a contradiction. And as an adult, the real Philip worked as the director of the Pommery Champagne House located in France. And this was founded in 1855, the Champagne House that he, he's running. It's an Elizabeth style estates constructed to facilitate the production and distribution of champagne which is stored in its 18 kilometers of interconnected underground wine cellars that were dug into the chalk quarries beneath the property in addition to selling champagne the estate also houses an art installation which makes complete sense because he loved art with the, which they showed in the, the film but yeah so he actually he was born into wealth he didn't make his wealth. Every penny. Yeah. Some pennies, not every penny. Yeah, some pennies, not every penny. And then, um, as implied the, as a, above, the true story behind the upside unfolded in Paris, not Manhattan. So the film, the film took place in Paris, but this actually, the story actually took place in Paris. And so, Dal's character, his actual name is Abdal. So I think he, I think he does have Muslim background. But they changed his name to Dal for the, the American version. And this is why he went to prison. Because he did go to prison in real life as well. He actually was. He had just come fresh out of prison and then decided to... He basically started nursing a paralyzed person. That's actually what happened. It's an amazing story. So he said, I was doing black market work. Um, this black market work included stealing from tourists on the streets of Paris. Which is eventually what landed him in jail. So if you were ever robbed by Abdal... Um, just find some space in your heart to forgive him as he is a changed man. <laughs> Go watch the film. <laughs> right. And then the affection. So in the film, there's affection and budding romance between Philip and um, Yvonne. 
who is she's basically like his secretary type of isn't Yvonne also like a French name? It could be, but yeah. that the romance was fictional. That actually didn't happen. Um, in his memoir, Philip never mentions that their relationship was anything more than professional. But he did actually get married. So he did get remarried. Him and Dal actually got married. And it was at that point that I think Dal stopped taking care of him, obviously now, because his wife could step in. Um, and Dal obviously was married. So he, it's not like he could live with, with them anymore. Um, but he did remarry. He just didn't remarry. Well, he didn't marry her. But I liked how they did that. I thought it was a, it was a nice touch to the film. So, I'm Ryan, your thoughts? Your lovely romantic thoughts? Bro, there was no romance in this film. There was romance! What are you talking about? Yeah. It was. But in fact, you know what's scary? In some of the interviews, they were like, it's a romance between two straight guys. I was just like, that is not how you describe it. It's friendship, people. Don't be dramatic. Yeah, it's, it's friendship. Different. Yeah, no, that's what it's they said. Different. They said it was a romance between two straight guys. I'm just like, mm-mm. Yeah. That's not what you call it. Just for me to see how a con, <laughs> maybe his father was an artist. Yeah. <laughs> con artist. Um, just to see how, so in the beginning, um, there's a conversation between between uh, Philip and Dal, and uh, Philip asks, you've never taken care of anyone, have you? He's like, yeah, now I have myself. <laughs> and obviously as it goes along, there's, you see how throughout the story, um, it changes yeah and it's it's you know what there's a comedy and obviously when you think kevin hart and you think comedy uh like she was saying in the beginning you think it's already you got this cliche look but like straight from the beginning when he has to start looking after him he actually looks after him yeah it's very well when you're doing the physio i was just like because you almost want to like sit there and like uh, uh, is he gonna do it incorrectly yeah you're like ah, and he doesn't yeah he looks after him no he, he did he did do a proper job. A job yeah so that for me was pretty cool you know something else that stuck out for me in this film was um, some of the cinematography because there's a couple of shots, I don't know if you picked it up, where they used a really wide lens. Um, and I was just like, oh, what? What? Why? Why are they? And it, like, it, it was very interesting. So, of course, because of that, immediately I was like, wait, who was the cinematographer? So, Stuart Dryberg, he's a New Zealander. Well, somebody explain this to me. He's English born New Zealand. <laughs> English born New maybe Zealand. his parents are from New Zealand but he was born in England and maybe he went and he moved back to yeah New afterwards New Zealand. Yeah. okay well that makes a lot of sense but check this out here's the lineup of films that he's done Men in Black International ah, ah. Mm. oh he did the upside oh wait that's what we're talking about <laughs> um, Alice through the Looking Glass oh wow mm. flip Secret Life of uh, Walter Mitty there, ah, that a was a good oh, the cinematography in that film I remember the cinematography in that film that was brilliant the minute I see the music now there's two reasons why they would use a a, a, a wide angle lens that's especially if you're in, t in tight places mm. but he didn't use it then mm. um, he definitely used it for effect and I was just like I was just like this is nice mm. so nice right now and then it cuts the shot because like specifically they, uh, they were going on a walk and, uh, you know, um, Dal decided to help Philip to get more talkative and to open up. <laughs> and he, um, in that shot, you can see, like, the long, the, the, the wide-angle lens. You look, you look on the edge of the pictures, you see a distortion. Yeah. And there was another time when he was walking through, you know, when you, when you enter, like, buildings and there's that round door swing. Thing? Oh, yes. Like, they used it. There's a couple of places where you see this, and it's ready for an effect, and... For me, really, when I saw it, I'm like, ah, 
we've got someone that's like a cinematographer that yeah. likes getting all yeah fancy and stuff with it. Mm. So. That's really cool. So in the film, they interviewed 90 people, right, before they found Dull. This is this is this that they didn't change that they didn't fictionalize that so after interviewing around 90 people philip knew immediately that okay abdal was the one obviously died in the film and he said um this is the guy i need philip recorded an interview with the telegraph and he said he basically doesn't care if he is out of jail i need him and he became a friend afterwards and philip said that the fact that they were both on the fringes of society he a disabled person and abdallah criminal created a common bond between them like in the upside movie they also shared a similar sense of humor and he said he didn't feel sorry for me which was nice he said he was cheeky and had an outrageous sense of humor Maybe which he obviously he yes he appreciated that yeah so the, his wife um died in 1996 abdal was hired in 1993 which means he had three been the years. caretaker for three years before mm -hmm. the wife passed away so he would have known um, her. And then many of the wild things that Brian and Kevin Hart's character do in the, characters do in the movie were inspired by real-life exploits of Phil Philip and his caretaker, Abdal. Together, they made a game of speeding through Paris in Philip's Rolls-Royce until the police pulled them over. And then Abdal would explain that the reason they were speeding was because Philip was having a seizure. Not only did they did not only didn't they get a ticket the police would then escort es escort them to the closest hospital so that's true so that was true. that's that they actually did that and they used that as as an intro yes and that was the like interesting points in the film as yes. well yeah cool and then another thing that abdal did was have philip's wheelchair modified so that it was capable of going as fast as nine miles per hour with Abdel riding the back, like Kevin Hart's character does in the movie. The chair had a wing mirror and an onboard computer that allowed Philip to execute a variety of tasks, including opening windows and using his phone. So it really was the best thing for him, like ah. to get someone that wasn't going to like sit and feel sorry for him, but that was actually like, you can still live. Obviously, there's limitations but you can still let your yeah. end be my no, beginning not like that no <laughs> and then amazingly enough philip actually told the telegraph telegraph i suddenly found i was enjoying life again feeling like i didn't know what was coming next so he actually gave him like a they actually both gave each other a second other, chance yeah. yeah i don't know where Philip very easily could have passed away and Abdal very easily could have gone back to prison. They both, their lives would have ended in different ways. But they were actually very good for each other. And so I thought this was really cool. Philip is a Christian. So the, the, the man in the wheelchair, he actually is a Christian, though they did not include it in the upside, which for me is always irritating because I feel like they do that a lot. They make films about Christians who do amazing things and then don't include the fact that they're Christian, which is one of the reasons, or not one of the reasons, it is the reason why they did whatever you're telling the story about. But um, the Telegraph says Philip has a strong faith and even a small chapel included when he had his house built. Oh, but cool. it irritates me when they do that. I don't know if you remember. No, they should have. Eh? There was a movie called Unbroken, directed by Angelina Jolie. It was about a an Olympic runner who fought in World War II in Japan, but he got captured and was sent to a Japanese concentration camp. 
It's a hectic, hectic story. But he actually survived it. He was rescued. And um, in the next Olympics, which I think took place in Japan, he actually forgave them. He still went to the officers that beat him up. And they even included him in the, the intro to the Olympics. He was a Christian. Do you think they included it? No. The most that we got was him saying to God, if you save me, I'll serve you, or something like that. That was it. Because he was, he was stranded at sea for weeks, like weeks on end. And that was the only thing you got, nothing else. And I was just like, you do realize he was able to forgive and he was able to go through all of that because of his faith, right? So like, you're leaving out one of the most important yeah. aspects of the story. So, uh, Often they say it, it's a good moral story. Twak! Yeah. They were Christian, they had faith. Exactly. Ah, these people. Yeah. Well, now we, 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 we say in the fact that if you watch that film, people, keep in mind, was God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it really was a nice film. And you know what, what's nice about it is it's a comedy drama. I definitely would say it's a comedy drama, which often is the worst because you're crying and laughing and the funny parts make it more sad because you're like, it's so funny. Yeah. But this, this one was nice. This one's not traumatic. Like I know there's other ones where it actually is quite traumatic. You're just like, you get to the end of it and you're like, yeah, no, this one wasn't like that. I feel like something was going to happen. Because it's just going all uphill. Like yeah, it's you're just better. Like, <gasps> and I'm like, oh, oh this, this, this movie is picking me up to drop me. Right. What are they going to drop me? And then it happened. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. No. So I was like, oh, okay, it's not cool. But the ending, okay. I, the ending, I, but I didn't expect the ending. The ending was nice, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't like a, oh, okay, yeah, I expected that to happen type no. of thing. It, it, re, it did take a turn, and yeah, I think. I think it was really cool. And I liked how he, they brought in the art and the opera and all of that. I really enjoyed that. That, that is all true. So the actual Philip does enjoy opera. And apparently, Abdal, did, so in the film, Dull gets involved in painting and he still paints that piece and they sell it off. That was fictional. So he, he never really got into the painting space, but he did start enjoying the opera music and that. So that, that is true. Cool. Yeah. But I mean, how can you not like opera and art when you're born in Paris? Like, for me, that just does not make any sense. They seem to go together. Eh? Right? Like, Paris is like the home of opera and ballet. Doesn't, doesn't film and French, for some reason, go together as well? Yeah. Is that just the... I think it, there's the, fil the French Film Festival. <laughs> mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I think with the French films, I could be wrong, but I think they're a lot more artistic. Then the the, Probably, the more yeah. the American and British. Like you watch a film, you're like... Yeah, you sometimes just like, I didn't get that. That was so abstract. But no. the French are like, Didn't it's beautiful. <laughs> how the gestures and the way <laughs> they were moving forward said that they were struggling. And we're just like, no, they just stepped forward. <laughs> I was wondering where they were going. <laughs> didn't really make sense, but the cinematography was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's normally angle. the case. You're like, beautiful picture. Story, I didn't get it at all. But remember that, what was that film called? A Hidden, a Hidden Life or something like that. Rings a bell. The, the, they still, they also used the very wide lenses. It was with the, the, the World War II and that film was also... Uh, very, it was told very weirdly. There was barely any speaking in it. That took long shots. Yes. That's how they did it. Yeah. And then did the close-ups. But it was a beautiful it. film to watch. So watching it was, it was very long, though. It was very long. That film was a piece of art, but it was one heck of a piece of art. It's like a two-hour piece of art. <laughs> yeah, this film I was able to watch twice. 
Oh, did you watch the upside yeah. twice? So I watched it over the weekend, and then obviously I watched it last night before today. Oh, nice. I was like, let me just yeah extra information Th- in there. This is a it's a light-hearted, good-feeling film. And I enjoyed it. Yes, and I was you, laughing still. You, you don't have to like sit and con- you know there's some films where you have to sit and concentrate because if you don't, if you like Tenant, if you miss something, you finished the rest of the film. You're just like I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. This this film's not like which I do enjoy those films. I I'm enjoy not, those films. Yeah, I, I don't mind those films. I have to watch them alone. Yes, that's the joke. Don't speak. My kids are like, wow, no, wait, I just missed what he said. And I have to go back. And then they're getting irritated because I'm going back. I'm like, but I didn't. I did, that, that was a piece yeah, of Yeah, you see, like, it's just <laughs> those movies are good to watch. And then if it's good, you then watch it with people. Yeah, I do that. Because now you can like pick up other things. But now you're not like hanging mm. on to every word because you got, you got it. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, that's okay. Go watch The Tenant. Yeah, <laughs> go watch Tenant. Or just stick to movies like The Upside because then you won't Enjoyable. have to. Yeah. You won't have to do that. Very good. Yeah. At meaning. Very At good. At depth. Mm. Touch me. <laughs> Ryan was almost crying. The tear came out. Then you know, like in Cloudy with the shots of meatballs, you sucked it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is The Upside. And this has been The Movie Show. We'll see you guys next week with uh, another cool film. Definitely. Maybe Limitless. Could be limitless. Maybe it couldn't. Let's see, is it on Prime? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll you'll just have to come back next week and find exactly. out. Yeah. But from me, Sash. And myself, Ryan. Peace out. See you next week. Like what you're listening to? Always and drop and Twitter at FM, Instagram at ActiveFM777, and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.